All I want is for us to be together. You said you loved me. She said she wasn't interested. Get your hands off her! David! Fine, God damn it! Stop it, David! Enough! Me? Are you insane? <laughs> Welcome to Highlander Rewatched. Ooh, that was a little loud. Yikes. Peeking out. <laughs> yep. Well, this is the podcast where each and every week we look at another facet of the Highlander universe and discuss it in detail. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. And this is Eamon. With our honorary fourth co-host, Narragansett Lager. That's mm, right. Gansett. Made on honor and sold on merit and i have no clue what either of that means <laughs> also it's not sold on merit you had to pay for it <laughs> yeah it's, right it's sold on currency yeah. <laughs> before we jump into this week's episode we've got a little bit of reader mail to talk about and these uh, all pertain to some recent episodes we've done uh so the first is from david g we know david he's uh david good David Guh, Guh from L.A. Uh, so anyway, thanks for writing in, David. And he's uh, writing in regarding the Highlander stop-motion fan film Veritas. Ah. So if Connor tricked Duncan into thinking he was dead and that Duncan received his quickening, wouldn't it make Duncan jump into battle with Kel a tremendous disadvantage? The whole point of Connor letting himself die was to help even the odds. Connor tricking Duncan would send Duncan on a suicide mission, wouldn't it? Well, wasn't the whole point that it would motivate him, that he would have a reason to be super amped up and try to beat Kel? That it was the inspiration, not really the quickening counts? You're the inspiration. I don't know the words. Uh, Peter Cetera, Karate Kid Trace. What's like No, that? Karate Kid 2. God damn it, guys. You are the worst. Oh. <laughs> You're the worst. Around. That's Karate Kid 1. I knew that one. That's exactly how that song goes. Wow. Well, it's Sweet like, the light game and take us on home. <laughs> the power, it's like one of those things, the power was within you the whole time. Maybe it was like a false confidence booster. Yeah. I mean, also, we're talking about a fan, we're dissecting the logic of a fan film right. that tried to retcon the end of Highlander Endgame, which we haven't talked about on this show. But yeah, but that, it does, but Endgame introduces a somewhat infuriating concept of like quickening levels. Yeah. His power's over 9,000. Fuck yeah. It. Yeah, Hard. which is, we're always like dancing around the question of like, what do you get from a quickening? That's like an open question, I guess, but this makes it way too literal. Well, yeah. it's, it's not like in the Frieza saga when Piccolo <laughs> merges with Nail to get enough power, power. to fight Frieza. Frieza, Frieza. I'm getting brain freeze <laughs> to talk about this shit. Yeah, I have no and idea what you're from that Slurpee you're drinking. <laughs> Ugh, so why'd you do that? It's worse than the Cracker episode. Uh, <laughs> cracker episode. <laughs> but no, the, all that stuff made no sense ever. Yeah. This is in reference to the Cross of Saint Antoine, or is it Anthony? I, I don't know. Antoine. Antoine. All right, yes. fine. Anyway. <laughs> This is from our good friend Liz S. You may remember her from the episode Pharaoh's Daughter. Pharaoh's Daughter. Liz is one of the hosts of the Foxes in the Hen House podcast and also 
is a museum studies person. And we threw down the gauntlet to her, and she ignored it until now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got to really stay current on these episodes, Liz. You personally. Say. You personally. Because yeah. <laughs> we need answers to this shit quick, or we That's can't right. move on. Anyway, Liz wrote us back uh, in reference to how does this shit work in museums, like when somebody has stolen goods, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. So she says, theft of an artifact slash possession of a stolen artifact within the same country should be covered by the relevant theft laws that Kyle will know better than I do. Do you know any of those, Kyle? What? Rules around theft? Uh, Yeah. Well, I mean, it's illegal. Go on. (laughs) Uh, Across borders, I believe the 1995 Unidois, which is French, obviously, uh, convention is what puts the onus on the buyer to do the due diligence uh, before purchasing a potentially stolen artifact. Because if it's discovered to be stolen and needs to be returned, you'll have to return it to the owner without any compensation that you, the amount you paid for it. Interesting. So it's buyer beware. So, like, he does owe that to the Vatican and can't even ask them for, like, their Catholic gold. She continues, in this case, though, Eamon's got it right. The cross vanished from recorded history years ago, and its thief is presumed dead. So legally, Durgan's cool as long as he comes up with a decent cover story on how he got it. However, if an organization or community came forward to claim it, he'd have a reparation debate on his hands and could be ethically obliged to give it up. Which he might actually care about since we know he's an active scholar with a reputation in, in the line. Not to mention that if we're talking about Catholic artifacts, the church is almost a more formidable opponent than Duncan MacLeod. Almost. Mm. So it does get a little tricky in there. Yeah, it does. Uh, she says, on a broader note, I don't think the podcast could get any better, but you're managing to outdo yourselves. Thanks for continuing to make me the crazy laughing person on public transit. Perfect. Thank you, Thank nice. you very much, Liz. That's very very nice. kind. And thanks for writing to us. Thanks for yeah. giving us those uh, details. We're sorry we teased you a moment ago. <laughs> yeah. Keith's not. Nope. The rest of us are. <laughs> no regrets. Hashtag. I'm very sorry. All the time. <laughs> you sorry. sorry. You've been sorry. <laughs> Zacho writes us Zacho. on the episode Courage. Hey, guys, just had some thoughts for the week. First, on immortals suffering from addiction, I definitely support this. It's been shown that immortal brain chemistry is not subject to regenerative ability. We've seen DID with Billy Quentin Barnes, PSD with Gregor, alcoholism, and now drug addiction. Did you guys notice how ridiculous Duncan's last call with Dr. Lady was? (laughs) Uh, Quote, want to go on a date? Yes, said Duncan in a press tone. (laughs) Click. (laughs) Yes. With the final showdown with Cullen, I agree there was an element of assisted suicide in it. Uh, But that takes its own courage, which Cullen was lacking. He wanted to die, but was too afraid to throw the fight. When Duncan jumped the fence, he basically fell. He knew that Colin would be uh, in the same state, unable to defend himself. He had the perfect opening for a Mac attack. In the end, this was a great episode, but really needed Rishi to finish off Cullen. But it can all be summed up with, quote, fear is the mind killer. Boom. Brought it back to Dune. Everything comes back to Dune. Why didn't I see Dune? Still. We'll never know. You've never remedied this problem. Still didn't watch it. And I'm in it. Kyle McLaughlin. (laughs) Kyle's last name revealed. So should we talk about this week's episode? Yeah, yeah. We'll just close it out now. Now we're done. So I'm I'm one of your rechargers, Kyle. (laughs) Rechargers. I'm one of your (laughs) rechargers. Bye. Let's hit it. All right. Guys, dude. This week we're talking about episode eight, season three, Obsession. Ooh, two on the nose. I'd hit that woman, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Two on the nose. This is a rough one. (laughs) Yeah. So this aired Monday, November 19th. Nope. Monday, November 14th, 1994. The director of this was Paul Ziller. This is his first and only episode of Highlander. Uh, He directed Breaking Point, starring Gary Busey in 1994 as well. Gary Busey. Uh, Yeah. Uh, he also did 36 episodes of Untold Stories of the ER, <laughs> wow. which is like a real schlocky, like, 
ER reenactment show. It's not not good. And so it chopped off his penis. <laughs> <laughs> they're reenacting episodes of the television series ER. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. That's a, it's a dramatic reenactment of ER. He also directed a movie called Blood Fist 4, Die Trying. <laughs> Blood Fist 4. I, 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 didn't, I don't know if by that's that name. I know it by the name uh, The Darkness 29, Nine Blood Fist. <laughs> Blood Fisted. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Blood Fist Ford. We have an idea. Oh, yeah. Anything about that? Blood Fist Ford? Just give it to uh, us. Uh, <laughs> when Danny unknowingly repossesses the car of a powerful arms merchant, it sets off a chain of violent retaliation. After his friends are killed and his daughter is kidnapped, Danny takes matters into his own hands. Fist. It does not matter. <laughs> Into his own blood fist. It does not matter that the CIA and the FBI are also involved, and the dragon's fire is in his fists. What? 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 Is is he Iron Fist? It does not matter that the CIA and the FBI are also involved. The dragon's fire is in his fists. Jesus, that's that's the genre. So why isn't it called Dragon Fist Four? What was the first one called? I'm, I mean, I'm kind of curious what Dragon Fist Three, Two, and One are like. Yeah, Blood Fist, Blood Fist, whatever. I don't know. Are they like Iron Fist? Is this actually the so. new this Marvel the pre- show? Yeah, this is the new Marvel show. <laughs> also, Mr. Paul Ziller directed a movie, a TV movie called Virtual Seduction. Anyone look that up? Ooh, what? This uh, is, like is, that. is this another porner? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, might as well be. A man becomes obsessed with a virtual reality game that can resurrect his murdered girlfriend in <laughs> cyberspace. Oh, God. <laughs> Gross. So, Paul, Paul Ziller is not really got a good average, I think. I'm assuming. I'm assuming. These could be masterpieces. Yeah. <laughs> that compared with the untold stories of the ER. <laughs> like that, no offense, Paul, that sounds like where directors go to die. <laughs> Let's be nice to Mr. Ziller. Paul Ziller died in 2007. Oh. Wait, really? No. <laughs> No acting. Oh, so still Keith's alive. been boning up on his acting. I, as far as I know, he Are is. Are we still just alive. playing two truths and a lie now? Is that what's <laughs> yeah. happening? Paul did Ziller. He not, did he not actually direct one of those things? No, no. Paul Ziller is alive and well and churning out this stuff. It would seem. Let's right. have him on the show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's going to love yeah, it now. Yeah, this episode. Yeah. Untold Stories of the ER, rewatched. Okay, the writer of this was Lawrence Shore, Larry Shore. Uh, the Shore? last two episodes we saw from him was Prodigal Son and Warmonger. Those mm. are two good ones. Uh, yeah. But we know Larry Shore because Hanukkah Hoops. Oh, A shot in yeah. the light. A shot in the light. So I looked up the movie again because every time he writes an episode, we got to do like an update on like how's mm-hmm. this production going. It's uh, no update. I've got nothing. There's I, nothing new to report? It has a release date of 2018, hopefully. I don't I mean, know. Gotta I want my hoops. Point. Eight days of hoops. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll keep everyone posted out there. It's do, nice. do, we, do we want to remind people of the description on that? The general premise is it is a story about – it's up- an inspirational story about the uplifting power of the miracle of Hanukkah and the uplifting power of basketball, <laughs> yeah. I think. Shot in the light. Yep. That's the tagline. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's two taglines. Shot, shot in the light, the light, and then there's also to blame. Yeah, uh, and then the other tagline is from way downtown. Shalom. Shalom. Right. <laughs> so uh, Shalom. probably we'll head to a midnight movie of this. Yeah, this could be a midnight release. We, of that, we right? should. Yeah. We, yeah, we should go to that and then record a yeah, podcast Thursday night, three in the morning. <laughs> yeah, go to the premiere. This episode guest stars Cameron Bancroft as David Kehoe. Uh, we've seen him before. This is Robert from The Watchers. Oh, what? I'm it? sure he just uh, yeah. slipped and fell. Right. So he was murdered by Horton previously. Yeah. Yes. And he's an immortal, so he got resurrected. Uh, this episode also guest stars Nancy like, Sorrell. Like, like you must be after the blood fist. But... Oh, my God. <laughs> As Jill, uh, she's done a decent amount of TV and most recently was in the uh, show Man in the High Castle. 
Oh, the Amazon on Amazon.com Amazon. show. Yep. She was also on a show real quick called Down the Shore, which is a sitcom about a New Jersey shore vacation house. That sounds terrible. And it's yeah. about the house. Like, it's yeah, like just the house. The, yeah. Like, how you doing today, housey? Yeah. Uh, things great. are okay. Great, guys. Great. It's a little hot out. Great. Hey, just, could you give me a phone kick? I never heard of that show. No. But it's New Jersey. It's New Jersey. What, do you know what year that came out? Is no. that like a post-Jersey Shore Maybe. cash grab? Kick boss. That's right. <laughs> People seem to love the show Jersey Shore, but seem to hate the kids that are on it. Let's just make it about the house. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually just a picture of the house. <laughs> anyway. I am to be episode description time, guys. Booyah. All right, Eamon. Yes. Here's the question. Yes, sir. We've got to predict two things. Is mm. there going to be an also in it? Because mm. that's always the deciding point in these. Mm-hmm. And will there be something offensive in this description? Uh, I'm going to say probably yes to both. You're doing double yes? Mm-hmm. I'm going no, no. I wow. think. No, no. I'm, I'm going no, no, no. No, no, no. I'm, go- I'm going for double no. So it won't have an also, and it will somehow manage to describe this without being offensive. Let's go. Right. Let's try it. Duncan's immortal friend, David Kehoe, wants to marry Jill. But she is terrified of him and asks Duncan to help David to leave her alone. Wow. You win. Uh, yeah. Boom. Should and that's like a succinct, like, pretty accurate description. I think it undersells the uh, leave her alone. alone. Like, he's, in, he's like yeah. an he's abusive. Obsessed. Yeah, it's really... Oh, the title. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, man. Oh, oh, wow. You ready to jump into this episode? This is yeah. so great. All right. So this episode opens with a man, David, approaching a house with some flowers. Mm-hmm. For a second, I thought it was Richie. No, oh, yeah. Oh. And it, like, follows up his shoes. Like, the camera is, like, six inches behind his heels. It's weird. On his heels. So he knocks on the door, and it turns out I, well, he's looking for Jill, the other guest star in this episode. Mm-hmm. But her sister answers the mm-hmm. door. And I guess he's saying that, like, oh, we got in a fight. I just kind of want to patch things up, work things yeah. out. And the sister kind of looks at him kind of like, uh-oh, like... Biscetti is. Yeah. yeah. She knows so he's trouble. She's like, oh, he's not here, but he keeps pushing. And she's like, don't you know she doesn't want anything to do with you? Meanwhile, Jill is sneaking out the back. Right. Yes. Things escalate. She mows him the fuck down (laughs) with her car. Right. As it would turn out, he is immortal. And we will also later find out that I guess she knows he's immortal. So her act of doing this is knowing that she's not about to murder somebody. I was, for a minute, I was like, well, her trying to kill him with that car isn't great. Yeah. (laughs) But no harm, no foul, I guess. I have a question for you guys. What do you think the timeline is on this episode? When was the fight he's describing? Yes. That they had? Hmm. I get the impression it's like the day, day or two before. I also got the impression it was recent. Very recent. Like, they got a big blowout. She went to go be with her sister. Right. That's what I thought, too. I think that's not guaranteed based on what happens in this episode. No, but I think these elements give me pause kind of later. And I kind of want to bring that up because I just think this episode needed to be written a little differently regarding this. But yeah. Yeah, this this episode had some structural problems. (laughs) In case you you can't guess, I love this episode. He's obsessed with it. I'm obsessed with it. In the same way he's obsessed with her and that he ultimately kills it. (laughs) He, I guess, recovers from this car wound (laughs) and calls Mac on a payphone. Car wound. He wants to talk with Mac. Also, I guess Anne has slept over. Yeah, and Duncan just walking around with no shirt and jeans. Yeah. Hubba hubba. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. right. And I guess he's like, oh, you should have come in the shower with this. I don't know. (laughs) Guys. You okay, Keith? Yeah. You're just getting all hot and bothered Uh with this Mac and jeans? Yep. That's a that's a good yeah. He get, comes in the blue box, mac and jeans, <laughs> macaroni and jeans. 
<laughs> anyway, That's why so the box is blue, man. That's right. David calls. He wants to meet at a church to talk about something very important. So this is a little suspicious because it's like, why are they meeting at a church? Ah. Well, and Duncan says aloud, "Why church? Right. What? Why you want to meet on holy ground?" And Anne seems to have no problem with Duncan's like bang and dash here. Like, yeah, he showers. She stayed over. I guess, but he's like, I gotta go after like a fairly odd phone conversation, especially the line, "Why do you want to meet at a church?" Yeah, why well, a church? And then he's like, I got to go meet a friend. And she's not like, why are you meeting? What? Well, she like, has to be at work in an hour, Keith. Yeah. Take me to church. Take me to church. Also, in the previous episode, she says the same line where I have to be at work in an hour. <laughs> she's always an hour away from yeah. working. <laughs> like, what, what the fuck? <laughs> so uh, we cut downstairs uh, at the dojo. And Richie enters. I guess it's early in the morning. He's like turning on the lights, getting the place ready, doing his manager stuff, yeah. earning, earning his keep. And bringing in some health food. Donuts. Donuts, right. So Anne is, I guess, coming down the elevator. She's leaving now. And then, like, this is so stupid. Like, I hate this joke. First, it's like, oh, like, do you want some donuts, Anne? She's like, this stuff will kill you. And he's like, it's chocolate. And she's like, okay, because women like chocolate. Huh? It's like, I hate this. Like, ugh. It's like she is a Kathy cartoon. It it is a Kathy It is. Yeah, Yeah. this is so good. Eck! (laughs) Chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. Wow! (laughs) Uh, But then uh, Jill walks in. Why? She's looking for a dog in the book club. (laughs) Yes. My question about this thing is, why does she want to see him? Why at all, We find out later that she knows that Duncan is David's friend, and she also knows that Duncan is immortal. So So she thinks that he's... If he's David's friend, why does she think anything about him? Like, why doesn't she think that he will turn her over to her abusive boyfriend? Maybe she's heard what a great guy Duncan is. From her abusive boyfriend? Yeah. Maybe. I, just, I am just never understanding why she comes to him. It's like a very tenuous thread. It's a yada, yada, yada to get mm. Duncan involved. It, yeah. she, says, she says because he respects Duncan. So, like, if Duncan tells David to leave her alone... Then he's going to leave her alone. Must not respect him that much because he says back the fuck off a number of times and he does not give a shit. Yeah. Yeah. But in any case, she's like, well, if he's not here, I'm going to go. I can only talk to Duncan McLeod. Right. Yeah. I guess because of this immortal angle. Like she doesn't want to reveal this to other people. Right. Once we got to this point, I was like, oh, Mac's going to kill another one of his friends. (laughs) I was just like, all right, you're having a rough year, Mac. Uh, I did actually kind of like this next part. Like, Richie leaves the scenario. He's like, that's strange, and walks away. But then Anne has, like, some insight, and she's, like, scared. Like, she interprets her behavior not as strange, but as scared. Like, and and I think, like, is consistently showing, like, insight in this show. Like, they... I think she's the only person with her head on straight in this fucking episode. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, that works. Hey, buddy. Hey, I really have just like this burning need inside of me to have an outward expression of how much I love Highlander. Well, first I would go to the doctor, but then I would maybe head on over to the Facebook page and check out the Highlander Rewatched collectible magnet set. Oh, which Facebook page? The Highlander Rewatched Facebook page. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> just checking. Not just the Facebook the page. Facebook. Yeah. The Facebook. The Facebook. Head on over to the Facebook. Yeah. And there you will see. No, go find Highlander Rewatched on Facebook if you haven't already. You can follow us, see all kinds of great new jokes, amazing memes, killer fan content. Kyle. We should start this whole thing over. I just totally lost this. Walk me through this from the beginning. What's Facebook? <laughs> So the Facebook is a social network platform designed by fucking Zuckerberg 
And as detailed in the Aaron Sorkin movie, The Social Network. Uh, it is basically an online place where you can interact with other peers and connect with them digitally. It's like, a, like the, the cork board in your old college campus. Wow, that sounds expensive. How much does it cost? It's totally free. It's free? Well, I mean, there's as someone once said, if you can't tell what someone is selling, you're the product. And that's kind of how Facebook works. They mine your information for data. They attempt to sell you things. You know. So I get on the Facebook... And then what do I look for? You look for ways for them to sell your data. Uh -huh. And one of the ways you can do that is by showing what you like, such as by following pages like Highlander Rewatched, say. Okay. And then on Highlander Rewatched, I find the store? Well, on Highlander Rewatched, not only do you find uh, unique fan-driven content, original content, amazing follow-ups to all of our various podcast episodes, but you will also find a one-of-a-kind exclusive set of Highlander magnets. And how much do these cost? These sound cool. Yo, you know what? It is only $25. What? To get yourself a full suite of amazing Highlander characters. Awesome. So you heard it here, everybody. Make sure you sign up for an email address. Head on over to thefacebook.com. Register for Facebook. Then once you get in there, I don't know, fill out the profile. Search Highlander Rewatch. Click around on our page a little bit. You'll see the store button. Then all you have to do is... Order one order of the Highlander Rewatch Magnet set. On, Provide I, us I with your address. The, didn't take all those notes. I'll start over. <laughs> anyway, buy, buy the magnets. They're pretty rad. Thanks for supporting the show. That was amazing. That <laughs> needs to go out Away. in the trash. In no, the trash. That was great. Uh, I really liked that. Okay. That whole thing needs to go on the episode, and I'm serious. And if it doesn't go up. You're quitting? I'm quitting. <laughs> walking. He's going to walk. <clears throat> Do we actually want to try that again or no? No. Okay. I'm done. Anyway, so now we cut to the uh, exterior of the church. So Matt goes out back and... He's like, well, we really are the Holy Grail. Right. There he is. It's a matter of life and death. I'm getting married. <laughs> what uh, an insane way to describe... <laughs> getting married i don't understand that description at all <laughs> it's a matter of life and death well, yeah. this guy has some weird like uh views on relationships period so yeah, i guess i'm not yeah. too surprised this is how he describes it's a matter marriage. of life being in a relationship because, with him is near yeah. death yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm gonna be alive forever and she's gonna die <laughs> <laughs> it's probably gonna be my fault but whatever yeah. so he says they're getting married on sunday and he wants Mac to be the best man. And Mac agrees and then kind of has this like far off look in his face. So we get a flashback. A far off flashback. Yeah. 1825, the city of brotherly love. That's right. Kill Adelphia. <laughs> what, what? So David is asking Mac to be his best man again. Symmetry. Uh, and there's also very like, this is like new best friends forever music. Like this yeah. is the ch most chipper music I've ever heard on this show. And there's like flowers everywhere. Like this is a joyous time. David's like talking as if the deal is already like done. And right. Max kind of like, let the lady say yes first. And so we also find out that for 50 years, he was like an indentured servant. Right. So David's had kind of a rough upbringing. Right. But he's a free man now. He's like a carpenter of some kind. And he's made a business arrangement with this woman's father. And that's how they met. So they go to the house. This is the Rehnquist house where his love lives. Uh, and I guess he does work for this family. Like he's building houses was the impression Yeah, I think he's I building houses on their behalf. Right. The former chief justice of the United States is there. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Rehnquist. <laughs> at some point yeah. they mentioned, like the father mentioned something like, is something wrong with the mahogany? It's like, is he building houses at a mahogany? Like that yeah. seems like a unnecessary expense. <laughs> Maybe there's trim or yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> It would appear that there's, like, maybe other suitors there. There's another suitor there with a bouquet. I think yeah. there are two others. Yeah, I thought there were well, two as well. It's, like, it's an open house. Yeah, yeah. It's like Dracula. 
dead and loving it. Four suitors. Never mind. <laughs> it's like Dracula. What are we talking about? In the in the book Dracula, like the main four characters are all suitors of the girl that gets bit. And they all like visit her at the same time. I forgot all about that. Sorry, Bram Stoker. <laughs> Sorry, Bram Stoker. <laughs> I'm sure you're upset that I'm butchering your book. Yep. So not stoked. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I guess this is ends up being kind of an embarrassing scenario. The father This is horrifying. This is truly horrifying. <laughs> yeah. It's so cringeworthy. So David asks for her hand in marriage. Yeah. But I guess like the father does not. This is not appropriate for David yeah. to be doing, I guess, because no. he is a but a lowly worksman crafter. I would sooner have her marry Reginald over here. Yeah, really yeah. shits on the butler. Yeah. The butler, yeah. like, yeah, jeez, but, dude, he's yeah. standing right there. Yeah. He's like, I feed you your food. Like, I'll just go fuck myself, I guess. And Reginald's just like, oh, <laughs> oh, sir, why, sir? Mister Runquist acting is, in my opinion quite terrible and he reminded me of uh kevin mcdonald on the kids in the hall like <laughs> yes it's like stiff acting and like the way he stands around and then eventually this escalates so much he just turns around and pulls a gun out <laughs> yeah. i shall not ask you to leave again sir and duncan's like we gotta get the fuck out of here <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's actually how duncan talks now. yeah he talks like that for some reason <laughs> so what was your take on this because i was legitimately unsure I feel like they had some type of dalliance. That's yeah, what I thought, too. he's like, tell him that you love me because yeah. you said that you do. And she's like, oh, I don't know about that. I'm sure you misinterpreted my kindness. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. So she kind of either ne- never liked him or she, like, chickens out and can't tell her father that she actually did love him. Yeah. So she, like, leaves. Yeah. I got the impression she chickened out. Yeah. Like, that this is... Because we'll see this later. Like, she is part of a system where... The men in her lives seem to have control over her. And this is another fucking problem with this episode. But, yeah, I, I got the impression that they had, like, some sort of love affair going on. That's how I read it. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't go well. But no. the costuming's great. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't go well, but the costume's great. <laughs> the costumes are great. They are nice. The they have lots of nice colors and yeah. flowers. Nice colors, nice flowers. Made a nice positive, shiny, like. silvery gun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When he pulled that gun out, I laughed. It's so jarring. It's like, where did that come from? Whoa. (laughs) It's like, Jesus, Mr. Wenquist. Yeah. It came from Katana Space. Yeah. So they leave. decision in Bush v. Gore, it came out of nowhere. Ooh. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. You don't have a follow-up to that? So they leave. Where are your Supreme Court jokes, Keith? Mac and David leave. Uh, And then we get a... I feel like a pretty odd transition that, I don't know, like, they pan up the rocking chair, and, like, the top of the rocking chair is, like, cut together, so it's like a rocking chair in the future. It's very strange. I feel like this could be cool. Did he, like, bring the rocking chair? I know. Yeah. How'd it get up there? Maybe he had it in his car. He's like, I have this for you. Did he gift it to Mac? There's a waiting list for these bad boys. Oh, but it was Rehnquist's rocking chair. Yeah, it starts at Rehnquist's rocking chair, and it pans up, and then the headboard to the rocking chair is the present time rocking chair. It looks very clunky, because there's just like a line across the screen. Did David make that rocking chair for Rehnquist? Okay. We know he made the rocking chair in the future. I would Mm. say it's not far-fetched to think he made that rocking chair. Mm, Far-fetched. It's a Pokemon. It is. He looks like a duck. And he and has hol- a leak. He's holding a... He's a leak? <laughs> yeah, he's just holding a leak. No, he's not leaking, but he's holding a leak. <laughs> oh, uh, like a vegetable leak. Yeah. Yeah. Like he has a leak. Uh-oh. Like, yeah. <laughs> he sprung a leak. <laughs> yeah, I think that's called bleeding to death. <laughs> like, I just got a little leak. <laughs> yeah. uh, I feel like this transition might look cool today with like effects that like they can merge these things. It, it's a little clunky. Also, 
it's like not a finished rocking chair either. Like, so he has brought Duncan an unfinished rocking chair. Yeah. Like, it has no fucking stain on it or finish. Uh, yeah. On the DVD, the writers talk about how the prop they got does not look too hot. And they're like, he's supposed to be a master craftsman, and we got this, like, craft store <laughs> chair. <laughs> this guy's from AC Moore. Yeah. All right. So we get some backstory here. We're back in the present. And we find out that David Kehoe has got, like, a workshop upstate. So he's, mm-hmm. like, kind of local, too. And that he's got, like, a waiting list that are, like, months and months long. And he's like a Nick Offerman. Yes. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Well, apparently this guy is based on a real character. Uh, one of the writers read this article about a craftsman that uh, – he was a woodworker, I believe, as well. But his waiting list was so long, he would presumably die before accomplishing the work he was asked to do. Wow. And they thought that was a fairly compelling thing. And I guess that was maybe part of the original script more. And that suddenly then this other kind of plot became part of it and that all got lost. Oh. Because that's I, a, neat, a neat concept. So I actually read on Internet Movie Database. IMDB? That, yeah, that. That this was originally supposed to be Gregor from Studies in Light. He was supposed to come back. And he was supposed to have had some like wild change where now he's like pursuing life with too much gusto or some shit. That would have been interesting. Yeah. yeah maybe. I, I mean, I would have liked to see that actor again. Certainly yeah. would have liked to see him more than this fucking oh, guy. God. I still don't know if that's like the right. I don't know. This would be the right episode for Gregor. I don't no, know. I don't think it would be. You know what I mean, Richie? She's a woman. Hey. <laughs> I guess we know he doesn't respect women adequately. You know what I mean, Richie? <laughs> oh, uh, so maybe that makes it fit. Anyway, he met Jill. She's a decorator, and that's how they kind of got hooked up. But And they're all doing stuff like busy work in the kitchen. They're all just they're, they're, yeah. actually just doing paperwork. Yeah. <laughs> They get the, there's a cool wide shot of the set here. I thought this was cool. Like this set has like a ceiling. Like this all looks like the loft looks really good. But somehow we stole our heart with woodworking. Right. I yeah. guess. Because he like bumped her ahead in the line for fucking craftsmanship. Yeah. So Richie shows up, mentions this uh woman Jill, although he doesn't know her name. He's like, Oh, did you hear about this yet? And Max still hasn't. But then Max says he has to go. Okay. And David's supposed to be going with him to whatever right. they're doing. And then he's just like, Oh, I'm just gonna stay here. Yeah. Well, oh, I think okay. he originally was just, well, I think he was just leaving because his friend was leaving, but then yeah. asked if he could crash there. Because he but didn't feel like going back to Jill's, Jill's. he said. Uh, Which is weird. It's yeah. Like, yeah. It's all weird. Yeah, that's a weird, it's like, oh, hackles up. This is an interesting thread, I think, from one of the last episodes, Courage. David talks about how Mac was like this important force in his life, that he was like treated like shit, and he was like an indentured servant. But then Matt came along and he was the first person to like treat him like a human being. Uh, and I was like, oh, this is kind of like that critical moments speech Matt gives. Like, you know, your life is impacted by the people you meet. Although this is very strange because Keo's an asshole and like... Yeah, Max has a bad track record. Yeah. Although that's, that's the problem I have. Well, one of the problems I have with this episode. Like, when I say like this guy David Keo's an asshole, like only recently, I suppose. Like, I didn't get the impression that before he was a terrible person. No. Right. I yeah, I guess he's a he's lost something. He's fallen. Yeah, although there there is a weird like he expects her to marry him. That's a weird thing. Like he's kind of like I deserve this. Like I gave you affection, you will now marry me. In the in the Philadelphia flashback. Like I mean, he's like we're getting married this weekend. Like come with me and be my best man. It's like you haven't even asked her yet. And yeah. like you know like yeah, that's so he, he's a little presumptuous, but I don't know. I mean, maybe that's the first hint of badness we get Trouble from him. Trouble ahead. Yeah. Uh but I I don't know. I mean, I don't think he's like a terrible person it would seem. It seems like something happened and he's lost. He's snapped. He's gone from being kind of a dick to being dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. Mac leaves. He is dangerous. 
<laughs> anyway, so Mac leaves and uh, misses Jill. I guess he drives away and Jill is yeah. coming back right to the dojo to visit. Mm-hmm. Too bad. David, I guess, sees her outside. And apparently, remember we had this uh, issue with, uh, what was it, in Rite of Passage where someone looks out the window and like that's not a possible shot they can do? They filmed it for this and somehow cut it, like cut the footage. Like David's supposed to see her downstairs. And they did the whole shtick again where they get a crane, oh, they filmed him do it, and then they ended up cutting it and just kind of have him look towards he just, the like, window. glances in there. Yeah, movies. and I guess you assume it's yeah. her. I mean, I feel like they could have done it with just like a car sound effect and him glaring out the window and just like play it off of his reaction. Yeah. yeah. You could totally do that. Yeah. But this is very strange. Like he leaves, goes like out the back door. Yeah. And around the front. Well, I guess he wants to like corner her. Like if he comes down the loft through the she, elevator, she can, run she can just walk right back out. That's a good point. So he's got to like sneak up on her. I wondered if it was because Richie's creep. also going down the elevator. So I was like, oh, maybe he can't use the elevator because Richie's in it right now. No, I think it's because he's a creep. Yeah, that I makes more sense. I think he's a real piece of shit. <laughs> he's just an absolute dirt bag. Jill comes in, Richie sees her, he's like, hey, like, what can I do yeah. for you? And then David, like, ambushes this whole scenario, and he, like, plays, like, everything is cool. Hey, baby, like, good to see you, like, you know. It's all handsy. Yeah, yeah, it's not good, not good. He's like, oh, you still have those wedding jitters or whatever? It's like, fuck, fuck you, David. And she's obviously, like, repulsed and very scared of him. Yeah. So, so Raw Dog steps up. He yeah. comes to the plate to try to stop this and gets housed. He yeah. gets, like decked really hard not decked but like punched in the gut yeah and then all of a sudden swords emerge from space yep out of nowhere out of space david's like i'm gonna x gonna deliver it to you x gonna give it to you oh also i felt like all the dialogue in this scene was like adr there's so much adr it seems in this episode it's confounding i i thought there was a literal problem with the way this episode got filmed that like there was a catastrophe that happened in the editing room, that they lost everything. We lost yep. the audio track in a fire. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Or something. And maybe half the footage, which is why everything's reused footage from yeah. other episodes. Yeah. I, I couldn't something... really figure this out. I was like, did half this episode go missing? Yeah. It was stolen. Yeah, so this is, like, odd. David makes it very clear, like, he would kill Richie mm-hmm. yeah. if he gets in the way again. So it's like, oh, you're the worst. Mm-hmm. You're immediately yep. terrible. Yep. yep. So we cut to Joe's bar, and Mac is meeting with Anne. And so this is another one of those instances where Mac has no idea what's going on, just like he did with Kenny. Like, Anne's questioning him about stuff, and he's like, oh, I don't know. So it's like, when's the wedding? Sunday? Yeah. Where's the reception? Oh, I don't know where the reception is. Like, is it a church? Oh, I don't know. Like, he has no idea what the hell's going on, yeah. which is kind of funny. Mac gets a full beer. A he doesn't- full beer. Yeah. This he is like a classic like- frosty mug of yeah. beer. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't have any of the answers to any of her questions. And he's like, all right, I got to leave. I got to go. And the last thing she'd asked him was, have you ever? been married yeah and he's like no uh as soon as she asked that i was like oh god damn like this yeah. is gonna be weird yeah yep. come close a couple times i gotta go yeah and then he just leaves well, she, a full well, beer behind yeah <laughs> i like how we're very upset, we're upset the beer about the beer the beer yeah. as well. well no i mean that just is highlights there how for awkward two seconds. and weird yeah. this is well it's also weird because ann calls it out she's like i'm sorry like is this a problem and he's like no not a problem i'm still leaving though like yeah. and he leaves it's like no fucking date ends this way and then the next time you see each other is okay. Like, yeah. this is, I guess we're never seeing each other again because you got some shit. Like, yeah, this is like, you're presently married. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that would be yeah. my assumption. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. married right now. Or Duncan, like in the Rite of Passage episode, he has to poop again. And he only <laughs> yeah. poops at his house. Yeah, sorry. I really got to go. It's the beer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, had too, I had too much natty light, and now I really got to... <laughs> 
really got to poop. Uh, so back at the loft, uh, Richie's telling Mac what happened. I, I thought Mac's reaction to this was really funny. He says, that doesn't make any sense. They're supposed to be getting married. It's like, what? That's, that's the great reason for the spousal abuse. Yeah. But they're supposed to be married. Why would he hit her? Or like, what? Yeah, that is weird. Well, I think, I mean, he's not jumping right to my friend's... Uh, Right. Yeah, Yeah. like my friend's uh, asshole nut job. Yeah. Which is charitable, I guess. Sure. And then Richie's like, not if it's a shotgun wedding. Right. Which I'm like, is this a shotgun wedding? What does that mean? This isn't a shotgun wedding. Like, a shotgun wedding is like you impregnate the girl, and then the dad, like, says, you have to marry my daughter or I will kill you. Yeah. With a shotgun. With a shotgun. (laughs) Right. That's, like, what I interpreted that to be. I mean, I guess this is like. Like, nothing. Well, I mean, that's traditionally what that phrase is used for i guess this is just being used for like a forced wedding yeah yeah i think on a short time frame yeah Yeah. but she doesn't want anything to do with that richie knows it so anyway then we get a flashback to the pacific northwest in 1882 in the town square fuck whole musical (laughs) is this back to the future three yes yes (laughs) winner 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 and I can't also, believe we all know this. Song. I know we all know this. <laughs> Morty McFly's in the background playing that duck hunt game. <laughs> and the other Irish McFly's with their shitty accents. <laughs> but this yeah. scene is forty-five minutes long. It's, it's crazy. But the thing okay. is, like, this looks pretty good. Like, I, I when this started, I was like, "Wow, this is like impressive." Like, there are a shit ton of extras. There's a whole set. Like, this is crazy. Yeah. Literally, nothing happens. So, like, this is all Zero. a waste. It's like, all just a hoedown. It's all just for show. This scene could be two seconds long Ugh. yeah there's, there's a long hoedown then there's two lines of dialogue and, and then, then they leave <laughs> and then there's flashbacks there's a flashback within a flashback yeah they've it's incep- a meta back inception style flashbacks. flashback and this fucking thing we've seen twice Three, already, uh, twice already. <laughs> yes yeah. it's so dumb so just to highlight the padding yeah we should well let's talk about what this flashback is so yes, okay. they flashback it's like a fourth of july celebration presumably mac mm-hmm. is dating some woman named sarah right mm-hmm. he's working for the newspaper right i guess i guess the same this is this must be the town this is like that mako runs them out of yeah. or whatever yeah but hold on so this is post <laughs> hold on we're gonna get into this so this is post little deer because right. she's dead and that was what year 1882 this is 1882. When did she? What? Ah, oh, when was when was I that? I thought that was 18 like 72. All right, fine. That makes sense. Okay. Then Mac comes here, becomes a newspaper man. I mean, I guess I'm just saying. At the end of this flashback, we find out that he quit the newspaper job. Right. Right. So that means the Mako stuff has to happen before before this. this. Right. These are the adventures of Mac. So Mako already shot Tim. Yeah. yeah. Tim. <laughs> Tim. Jerry. Jerry. Tim and Jerry. There it is. They drink some lemonade. <sighs> And then they're like, and then she gets like super turned on. She's like, you want to go home? It's like, I guess so. That's, that's that's after that. Oh, yeah, but that's, so first he has the flashback to. Well, he's like, I don't, I really love you. And I lost somebody yeah. two years ago. And then we get this fucking flashback. <laughs> to From the, Line of Fire. Yeah. Yeah. From The Gathering. No. Well. The like corpse scene is from. The no, gathering. they don't show any of that in The Gathering. They only show Mac crying over Little Deer. Really? She knew the name of the flowers. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And the then names of the gross. Oh. <laughs> so anyway, it's a lot. So yeah, a lot you of get flashback. The entire flashback where they come in from Line of Fire, where they come back to the village, and she's with the kid Kahani and yeah. like is explaining how they want to go hunting, and it's the entire scene. Entire it's scene. a it's a full scene of him like yep. making out with his Native American not wife. And then 
it fast forwards to him discovering their bodies and you see that whole sequence yeah it's bonkers how this long is it is insane it's yes. like a full like two minutes this is so, like a quarter of the episode i is spent on these two flashbacks so i checked this yeah the flashback starts <laughs> at minute 17 at seventeen thirty-seven. this is the fourth of july is flashback? when we get to the fourth of july there's like three lines of dialogue <laughs> before we cut then we see both of these Native American flashbacks. We don't get back to that other flashback when things start happening again until 2252. What? <laughs> yep, it's over. It's so long. It's over five minutes before you get back to anything original. I will once again posit, did someone forget to hit record on the camera when they were filming this episode? And they were like, uh-oh, what do we do? Yeah. God damn it. Where's the rest of the episode? It's a, it's a straight up five minutes of padding. God it's nuts. damn it. Nuts. <laughs> it's more than 10% of the episode. I know it more than 10%. Is Paddington Bear. <laughs> the legacy in leather. <laughs> oh, God. This is more, that, that's Darkness 30. The legacy, the legacy in, in leather. leather. <laughs> The classic, classic is in quotes. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're, they're teasing themselves. Yeah. Highlander, leather jacket, rugged, rebellious, a bit dangerous. From Brando this is, this is to you. Dean to McLeod. Ah! Black leather jackets have long been the Maverick's favored symbol of independence. Toss in a distinctively embroidered Highlander sword logo in red, silver, and black. And there's no question you answer to no one but yourself. Classic bomber style in seriously sumptuous leather with a quilted lining for sincere warmth. Sincere warmth. Well, it gets so much lighter at that point. This bitch You're a sincere comes rebel. In, you're a sincere rebel. Small, medium, large, extra large, extra, extra yeah, large, and extra, extra, extra large. Those are the ones that were flying off the shelves. How much does the, quotes, classic Highlander leather jacket cost? Two ninety nine. Kyle? Oof. I was going to guess two ninety nine. So I'm gonna but you know that's how much a belt costs, so this is probably what four grand. Yeah, right, <laughs> the, amount of, the amount of like gecko leather that's in this thing. <laughs> Gex. Gex, they skinned Gex, Gex for this. The gecko. Yeah. <laughs> Gex. Wow, talking about video game mascots, I haven't heard thought about in a while. Mm-hmm. Crash Bandicoot special. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going for three fifty. Ooh, Kyle wins three hundred and forty nine dollars. Whoa! Whoa! I'm the best around. So next, I'm going to read this custom 10th anniversary. And so, just just to clarify, jacket. Kyle yes, wins even though he went over and I didn't. We never said. The I'm, just right I'm just teasing. Yes, so yes. <laughs> just to clarify, custom 10th anniversary leather jacket. Nothing in quotes on this title. Oh, this is unironic. Yeah, yeah. unironically classic. Commemorate Highlander's 10th anniversary in style, made of butter soft black leather. Oh, this like be- melted butter? Greasy, soft? Yes. Greasy coat. This beautifully detailled, Butters. ruggedly durable jacket features a 10th anniversary logo emblazoned on the black in black satins and silver metallic thread. Sturdy zip front, snap cuffs, detailed front pockets. A truly amazing jacket. Sounds amazing. How much truly. does this cost? Also, this one doesn't come in triple extra large. What? Oh fuck! Yep. I'll say two ninety. No, it can't. No, I'll say one fifty on this one. The tenth anniversary edition, right? Yes. So this I'm, is the. Let me read this again. I'm, I'm, Custom tenth anniversary. I'm gonna go. Jacket. I'm gonna go with two. Well, Keith already went for one fifty, so I'll go to two ninety nine. Okay. 
this jacket costs the exact same amount. What? Yes. This isn't. Wait, is this one leather as well? Yeah, I said How'd leather. You, yeah, he did. I was truly amazed that this. <laughs> Keith was just so amazed. Maybe I'm amazed at the way your jacket's not extra large. Oh, How many? Shit. Wait, one more. <laughs> okay. The custom leather 100th episode jacket. Oh, they're really getting granular. These are... God, how many of these did they sell after the 10th anniversary? Like, they must not have made many of these, Custom right? leather third, aniver- third episode jacket. <laughs> there's Four, a, there's fourth a- episode jacket. The one we say the N-word in. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually what it says on it. <laughs> Slip into this black leather jacket and prepare to battle the four horsemen. Luxurious jacket is colorfully embroidered with the purple and metallic silver 100th episode logo on the back and the McLeod sword logo embroidery on the front left chest. The detail is extraordinary. (laughs) Features a zip front, diagonal front pockets, sturdy snap cuffs, and softly quilted nylon polyfill lining. Ooh, polyfill. Order one and wear a true collector's item. This one does come in triple extra large. Nice. Yes. How much is this bad boy? 100th episode? I'll go the opposite, thinking this is like a real limited edition item. So I'm going to say like 400. Oh, wait. We've already have $400. I'll say 400. I'm going to go with 350 again. All right. Yep. 349. God damn it. <laughs> three, for, three for three, baby. So these I'm all cost sure the exact I'm same amount. On fire. These all cost the same amount. Can I see so this for a second? You can spend the exact same amount of money to show you're a general Highlander fan, mm-hmm. a very specific Highlander fan, mm-hmm. or an even more episode specific Highlander. Yep. Like, the specificity of this gets in the what specificity? No, nope. what? is that the right word? No, nope. so try again. Spec specificity. No, nope. no, nope. specific. Nope. <laughs> I can't believe this. I honestly can't tell if you're doing a bit. I'm not hold on. Uh, try spec- to no specificity. No, what? Now I'm gonna try to say it and fuck up. Specifics. Specific. Specificity. Spec- there it is. Specific. We have a winner. Is that what I said? Specificity. Yeah, that's what you yeah, said. You yeah, said. There you go. Or do you have a lisp? Are we yeah. just being specificity? The the Greek yeah, go- just- the Greek goddess specificity. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> God damn it! Rolling that rolling that uh, boulder up the Sisyphus. Yeah, specificity. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, so I see what happened here. There's a reason they're all the same price. Ooh. They are the exact same jacket. The jacket is the same. The logo's different? It's just the logo. But they hold just... on, but they didn't mention the polyfill in the other jacket. <laughs> uh, um, if you can't confirm there's polyfill in all three jackets, they're different jackets. <laughs> One, They're both quilted. They're Interior whole... quilt? Yeah. They're all have so snap, they, just... they have snap cuffs, right? Yeah, they all have snap cuffs. And they have detailed left breasts? Well, I mean, you guys can look at them, but I'm pretty sure these are the exact same jacket with different embroidery. Mm. So they probably just bought one lot of jackets, and then embroidered kind of like embroidered them as needed lock her up lock her up yep <laughs> cool we broke this wide open <laughs> lock her wait up. why why are then why can't you get extra extra large on all of them did they did well do you they think... probably didn't embroider at a, a, the 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 whatever 100th anniversary or 10th anniversary day. or whatever yeah 75th day <laughs> anniversary <laughs> coat Bill Panzer comes to set every day we're in a different jacket <laughs> yeah what's what day is today i don't know check this. bill's coat <laughs> Check it out. Check, like we get like check the scrunch out. thing at the bottom, the pattern of the of where the stitching is on everything. Scrunch. I think it's the same jacket. Yeah, this looks like the same jacket. Boom. That's why they're all three fifty, regardless of what episode it's for. Well, that's cool. Yeah. I guess is the classic Highlander jacket 
classic because they've offered that jacket before, perhaps. Maybe so that's, that's like classic. you've had you've seen this jacket before, but now we got the two variants. Yeah, get them all on yeah. episode gotta 10th collect, anniversary. Got to poke them on that shit. Gotta catch them all. We cut back to the other present or other flashback, and so we're in their house. Eamon, what are they doing? They fucking. Yeah, they fucking. This is great. This is great. It's, it's long. Just yeah, like grinding and yeah, it's yeah. Like and he's old. like undul- Like he's like. Uh. <laughs> What's he like? Uh. It's he's just coughing. Yeah, I wish we could have a gif of that. <laughs> uh, this is gross. I was grossed out by it. my notes. Say barf. You guys should get a little too grossed out, but I agree it's excessive. Mac She's, wants to get married, and he's saying, like, we can leave. I'll leave the newspaper. Right. Like, blah, 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 blah. But she's like, I don't want to know. Well, then he even starts to tell her. About, like, he he's starting to tell her about yeah. the immortality thing. And she's like, I don't want to know about your past, any of that stuff. And then he's like, well, it's important because of our future. And she's like, forget the future, too. She's yeah. like, she seems to just want to be in this moment. This like, is okay. very suspicious. <laughs> yes. Very suspicious. Uh, so then a little bit later that night i guess uh we go to the saloon we get a pov shot of max sauntering in and he's in a good fucking mood (laughs) he was doing all that fucking yeah (laughs) he's feeling great yeah that's what i said he was in a good fucking mood yeah oh seeing seeing as this is a western uh we recently talked about the adventures of briscoe county jr Mm -hmm. uh can we posit a theory that Peter Hutter from Briscoe County Jr., played by Piper Ferguson, is this is Brian Cullen? He's the same character. Sure, because we do. Well, why, because why, why would we posit that? Well, because Peter Hutter never dies. He's constantly getting shot and being like, "Oh, it missed every vital organ." Ah, maybe it didn't. Maybe he's just immortal. Maybe he's just immortal. There, there we go. go. I kind of like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Mac asks the bartender for his finest whiskey, and the bartender reveals that somebody at the bar is looking for. Sarah. Yeah. So then Mac proceeds to just chug the finest whiskey yeah. and uh he saunters over to Henry Carter. So he's like, Oh, are you her brother? And he's like, Nope, I'm her husband. And then Mac takes the dial, he turns it all the way up to eleven. <laughs> to twelve. Yeah. <laughs> he this is He goes ape shit on this guy. <laughs> well, first off the, the guy swings at him first though, right? No, I think Mac grabs him. Mac like, oh, grabs yeah, him, Mac grabs and then him. Right. like he takes the first swing, but yeah. it's he's like, "You stay away from her!" and yeah. grabs her. Also, to, to borrow a phrase from Avon, this Hill William <laughs> really gives Mac a run for his money in this fight. Yeah, like Mac at some point gets thrown over the bar. Yeah. He gets like decked out. Like Mac does not do too well in this fight until he comes within an inch of killing. Him. <laughs> yeah. This is like classic Western bar fight. Yeah. yeah. The flip over the bar is totally yeah. classic Western bar fight, where, like, somebody punches you and it, like, defies physics. Yeah. <laughs> he s- doesn't slide across the bar, though, like in uh, Light yeah. of Fire. Uh, yeah, that would have been perfect. Yeah. <laughs> this also seems, like, very uncharacteristic of Mac. Mac goes fucking nuts and yeah. beats the living shit out of this guy at the end. And, and I they get- really make, make him up to look... Like, I, for a second, I thought he was dead. Yeah. yeah. She's my wife. <laughs> My wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what's the the line that Max says to him? He goes, "She's not your wife," and he just goes, "My wife." <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. He's like, "You won't touch her. You won't touch her." But Mac looks insane and is just like 
punching this guy's face into jelly. Yeah. And Until so then, Sarah shows up. Right. Yeah. She's like really pissed off at Max. She's like, what the hell are you doing? It's like, well, this says, is what did you do? Yo, well, you almost all, almost murdered him. Yeah. I mean, what he did was like beat the shit out of this guy. It's pretty <laughs> within evident. an inch of his life. Yeah. And she's just like, uh, he's always been good to me. It's not his fault. I wasn't cut out. To yeah, be let, here, let's play life. this clip. This is crazy. I married him. It's not his fault. I wasn't cut out to be a farmer's wife. He's a good man. He's always been good to me. What about us? There is no us. Cheryl, I love you. You love me so much you almost killed him. This is a very vulnerable Mac. Well, he's still reeling from the death of his uh, of that tribe. Yeah. yeah, he's trying to find love in all the wrong places. That's literally true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so here's one of my big problems with this episode is I feel like this is supposed to be a parallel to David. Hey, Mac had this issue before. Won't go down this path again. But like... Both of these flashbacks demonstrate something that I think is arguably very different than the situation David and Jill are in. David's initial, like, proposal to... What was her name? Who knows? Uh, oh, the flashback girl? Rehnquist. Yeah, fl- yeah. Rehnquist. Miss Rehnquist lady. We, we're implying that they probably did have some sort of affair going on, and that maybe she did love him. But, like, like her father is telling her who to marry. Like, she is part of a system that is not making... Letting her make her own choices. That's bad. Like, no good. And then this is a very similar scenario. Like... Mac is really upset. Like, th- these don't seem like direct parallels to what's going on in the future. Like, this woman, Sarah, feels like guilted into being with someone that she doesn't love. Uh, although she does say he's like a good guy. Like, so I'm, I mean, but we, we don't necessarily have evidence one way or the other. Is like she's just saying that or not. Right. I mean, I. But I mean, regardless, she, I took that she doesn't. Kind of at face value, it was like she didn't doesn't want to marry this guy but like he's not evil like no. harbors him no ill will yeah she just doesn't want to be married to him really and then this person who like she's connected to probably cares about in some capacity almost gets beaten to death by mac like that's fucked yeah but i mean again i think she's part of a system that's like i married him i have to stay with him like i'm being forced to kind of do that by societal norms or whatever and i feel like that's not what's going on in the present timeline because well they're not married one but like it's not these aren't this this isn't like the 1800s anymore like she jill can choose who she is with so i mean i feel like when mac is trying like pursuing sarah saying like please come with me it has it rings differently to me because it's like sarah feels like she's maybe trapped or you know what i mean like by this system like she isn't where she wants to be whereas david in the present when he goes to jill and says please come with me like he's not saving her from being trapped like she just doesn't want to be with him right though i think we're focusing on perhaps the wrong element of this i think the parallel isn't supposed to be i think the the parallel is he's seeing that this weird tendency in david in himself i think that's reaffirmed by in a, in a, a few moments we're gonna get a weird mumble mouth noir <laughs> thing like that comes back yeah it's the return of that shit <laughs> and he is comparing his experience of like being obsessed and being like kind of unhinged yeah to david's experience and i feel like that's that's where it's supposed to be parallel it's that they inappropriate they're behaving inappropriately based on their attachment to these women and mac lost it like he mm-hmm. 
was not behaving properly. And I feel like that's the that's where the parallel is. Not necessarily with like the mores of the day. Yeah. Right. I feel like that complicates this the issue they're trying to maybe then Maybe, but like when you think about it, modern romance mores are very new and they're still changing radically now with like the rise of the internet and these kinds of things like the treatment of like romantic involvement in the last 50 years is so categorically different than anything that came before it that you couldn't explore any of this stuff in a flashback strictly speaking ever so after all this stuff we cut back to the dojo present and we're gonna listen to this clip too because we haven't heard stuff like this since tommy bannon that episode there's a mumble mouthing there. Oh, there was some oh, mumbling right. mumble yeah. mouthing. When he was Roddy upside Roddy down, Piper, yeah. When, when he was having a fever the, dream, solving, solving the mystery yeah. 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 in his mind palace or whatever. I mean, I don't know. That his they they apparently palace. decided that that could work in Dark Knight Rising. So, wait, is this the dojo? Yeah, because. The scene immediately after this is it's Duncan the dojo. walking into the dojo. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, yeah, it's really weird. And this is reused footage. Yeah, this is reused footage from the episode with Michael Moore. Uh, what's that called? Turnabout. Turnabout, yeah. yeah. So Mac is doing his kata. His little kitty cat hands. Yep. More reused footage. Work through the anger. Through the pain. They must have just not had the budget. Yeah. They blew up a fucking. I thought you were gone. A hundred years of forgetting and it all comes back. God. Why is it I can still taste you? God damn it. At least you know Max Generous. The thoughts. (laughs) The pain. (laughs) Obsession. Hey, that's the episode title. Obsession. Obsession. Oh, I like this. It's like Kodo drums or something. What the yeah. fuck is this about? God damn it. <laughs> what is this any of this Why about? Why still taste you? Max ruminating on his and David's uh, mutual obsessions. How long is this? This is like too long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was essentially six minutes or so of reused footage before plus whatever we just listened to yeah. <laughs> plus whatever we just listened to let's call that another minute that's yeah seven minutes of reused footage in this episode that's he cool. won't let it go swear he has to swear to me he has to <laughs> he is batman yeah. <laughs> he really batman. is i give him some credit for not mumbling this one this is like it's clearer maybe er, legible er, yeah. clearer it's still very gravelly yeah mumble max sequence and <laughs> this monologue's kind of creepy Right? Yeah, it is. I can still taste you. Ugh. Like, that's gross. <laughs> like, um, I'm going out with what's-her-face. I forgot her name. Anne, but I can still taste Sarah from, you know, how many? 100 years ago? 1882. Yeah. <laughs> Remember 100 years ago? So then we cut People to... People showered less. Uh, so... That's, <laughs> <laughs> it's... <laughs> so we cut to later at the dojo. Uh, Richie's in the office and Max shows up again. This just bugs me. Like, why can't it be Richie's walking in? I guess maybe they didn't know they were going to be using reused footage. Uh, who knows? So Max says he's been like, he went to Jill. She wasn't there. He went to David's workshop. He wasn't there. Then Jill just appears. Yeah. And then so. Jill just appears. Then the problem solves itself. Yeah. Great. <laughs> cool. 
Cool, cool, cool. So then we cut again upstairs. This looks awesome. I give this shot. This is one of the best parts of the episode. This just looks beautiful. I was like, God damn it. This looks like a good 90s TV show. Yeah. Which shot are we talking? It's just like a shot of everybody sitting around a couch and like everyone's wearing very bright 90s colors. <laughs> the lighting is really good. I was like, this looks really good. She's describing the first time that David, well, not the first time, but when David reveals to her that he's immortal. Right. And he does, Tra- this- he does the traumatizing <laughs> thing that they all do. Yeah. Yeah. What you don't do is murder yourself in front of someone without any warning. Yeah, well, I think he just cuts himself and shows her that it heals. I don't know if he actually kills himself. Okay, that's good. Yeah, that's better. That's better. But, like, Matt kind of flinches when she starts, like, telling him about it, which I thought was interesting. Mm -hmm. He just doesn't like thinking about people getting knived. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She wishes that he never told her. And she says she wanted a life with kids, grandkids, a family, all this stuff. And this is why she wants out, I guess. This is where I'm going to tread lightly. That I fa- Uh-oh. Uh-oh. David is a clearly obsessed lover. or what? Like, he's nuts. He's completely nutso. He's but I think we're, 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 we're leading up to something. <laughs> Guys, I might have this to is, cut all of this. Yeah, this I'm, is like a, I'm not racist, but... I'm a maniac. Maniac, that's for sure. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's go. Good. I, I wish the argument... That she's making for not wanting to be with David. Again, if she doesn't want to be with him, fine. She cannot be with him. But I just feel like it seems weird. Like we established at the beginning, it seems like they maybe had a fight a day ago, right? And it's like he wants to talk to her to work out this thing that literally just happened. And she's like, absolutely not. And then we also find out that the reason she doesn't want anything to do with him, it would seem has nothing to do with the fact that he's abusive. Like we haven't found out that he's abusive or anything like that, like before. They, by all means, seem like a happy couple. Like, everybody was happy until this happened. And now she can't have kids or any of this stuff. And she's like, well, that's not what I want. And again, that's fine. Like, uh, But it, it all just seems like I wish they had built in that he was maybe worse. Like, it seems like if a normal couple had a fight and that the husband or boyfriend came to kind of try to talk it out, that it would be okay to be like, okay, yeah, I'll, like, maybe we should just talk. <laughs> right. This, I don't know. Do I seem, like, completely wrong in this? She already ran him down with a car. Like, this is already... Well, but again, like, if this is an argument, like, what... what ha- I mean, I guess we don't know what happened during their initial fight and how crazy it was. But, like, if all this just happened a day or two ago... Right. She has, like, resorted to running him down with a car. Like, this is, like... This seems like it's way out of proportion for the evidence they've shown us for what happened to their relationship. Also, I was thinking if, like... But if they were just a normal couple and he was like, I can't have kids, and she was just like... This isn't what I wanted. Fuck you. I'm done. It's like, oh, like, that seems a little shitty. Like, it's like, I know this is the life you wanted, but like, well, again, adoption seems to be this taboo in this show that like, you know, I I don't know. I I just worry that like they haven't given her a good enough justification to be having such a strong reaction against David. I mean, and David's reaction is so out of control too. like it's I don't know. Like, we're basing all of this on David's crazy reaction, not on, like, what has necessarily transpired between the two of them. Yeah, well, the standard is David's crazy reaction, because that's yeah. what's actually threatening. Well, now, the, yeah. The other side of it is, like, it's more than, like, it's like the kids. They're not going to grow old together. Like, there are going to be people with swords coming to kill them. They're not going to have a normal life. Also, right. you were just informed that there's a race of people who live fucking forever— and are, like, hiding among you. And in some ways, this guy's been lying to you for a long time. Like, this is a jarring Oh, I agree. Thing. Uh, and I, I think, like, also the justification of, like, I don't want to be part of this game. That all sounds really good. Like, I just wish they had just framed this differently. 
then it was framed. I, I don't know. The fact of the matter is she could leave this guy for any reason or no reason, and he doesn't get to be a douchebag about Co- correct. it. Correct. Absolutely correct. Yes. Right. And yes, I, I don't want to make it seem like I think <laughs> that like she like owes this to him to go back to him or anything like that. I just feel like this entire fight seems like unearned, essentially. I mean, they definitely don't make it clear well the only thing that's clear is that he's an asshole yeah yeah it is also like i feel like at some point we'll find this later in the episode like he talks about like like he's like i just want to have a normal life like he's never gotten it before or something but like i mean it seems like they were perfectly happy and in love for quite a while i guess until he you know (laughs) blabbed about this because i feel like that's like built into this story too like that he's i don't know this whole the motivations for a lot of the characters are muddled like i think a different version of the script would this would all be this like unrequited love thing like that he thought like he thought in philadelphia that that woman loved him even though she was just being nice to him it's like oh there there were seeds of that there and maybe that was kind of what's going on here like do we have this perfect relationship maybe it was never perfect but like it's none of this stuff is fleshed out in any way and it's like really just like david's a fucking psychopath yeah from the from the jump it's like this is crazy I don't know. He's a super, super nut job yeah. in this. Mm-hmm. And he arrives. That's right. Womp, womp. Quickening, or not quickening, but this buzz is nuts. I kind of actually really like this. Yeah. I do like it. This it's is like the heavy metal it's buzz. It's a heavy metal yeah. buzz. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> and he flips shit again. Yeah. This is the clip from the top of the episode. And crazier. Yeah. And he's like, we'll work it out. And then as soon as like Richie like touches her, he like, Goes extra fucking yeah. nuts. He's like, you're mine! It's like, oh, oh boy. no. Never get to have a woman. Oh, and he's referring <laughs> to her as his wife. Yeah, but that's so strange. Like, because that happened in the flashback, too. Like, he yeah. referred to the woman that he had not yet asked to marry as his wife at a yeah. time. He's got weird problems. Yeah, he's got issues, man. Issues. Mm. So then we get another flashback. <laughs> <laughs> so we're back in the Pacific Northwest in 1882, and Sarah's getting some like water from the water pump. She's back at home with her husband. Who this is recent because he's still all banged up. Banged up. Yeah. yeah. He's got like two huge black eyes and shit. Yep. So Mac is there. He gallops up. She tells him to leave. And then uh the husband comes out with a gun and he's like, You gotta get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Yeah. And get Mac my property. And Mac is like, I guess he's like, I'll prove my love to you by continuing to move forward and gets yeah. blown away yep and she's asking him to leave and yeah. he's not getting the message here no so mac is dead <laughs> but then he wakes up and she sees him get up and he's like i can explain and she's like i don't want you to and it's like ready to leave and like the husband isn't hearing any of <laughs> no. this yeah he stays inside with his yeah. shotgun i'm like what he doesn't want to come out and kill the zombie. But she should. Got to go for the headshot, though. Yep. And she runs away from him, and Duncan just leaves. <laughs> and that's the end of that. Yeah. Did this, did this extra flashback add anything for us? No. No. We already got... Like, Other than just, I mean, he's just, like, doggedly pursuing her. Yeah. And she just has to keep saying, like, no means... I mean, like, that's what this episode is about. Like, no means no. Yeah. It's, it's like, very strange. This episode is strange. Well, it's like, is it took it took for Mac to, like get the message for a man to shoot him also yeah like i mean even his like mumble mouth fest like he was just like you got to work through the pain and it's like i don't know this episode has such like a strange like male-centric view of like work through the pain of like i mean i guess it's i don't know it's nowhere in this episode does it seem to say like maybe it does i don't know that mac was like out of line like he he complains about having to like just deal with this like this burden he has to deal with it's like mac like you don't get to control who she is with so no i think he knows he was out of line yeah like that's why he like i think that's why they show him beating him within an inch of his life so there's no question he's out of line yeah and he must know it but he's like 
in love with her and doesn't want to face it. And that hurts. I mean, it's like there's in pain. Yeah. Maybe I just feel like this episode has undercurrents of like, look what you made me do. Like it kind of does. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that, I feel like that's something going on here that's like leaves me feeling unsettled. Especially at the end of this, we'll get to it soon. In fact, (laughs) yes. Uh, Yeah, this episode really moves along actually because nothing happens. Uh, I thought this transition was kind of cool. I thought this was awesome. It didn't make sense. How she's like looking out the window, and the Seacouver skyline is there. And then it like transfers. If this was done today, this is a really neat transition, like using reflections and stuff. I think that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Yeah, it's super cool. I don't think we mentioned Anne like rescued Jill and took her to her place. Yes, that's how that fight de-escalates. Right. Yeah. It's because Anne, who's like the only hero in this episode. Right. And once again, being like super smart about it, she's like, Anne, like, why don't we go hang at my place? Like, yeah. it's like, cool. Like, you did this in such a calm way. Like, you didn't even address really the problem that's going on here. Just you're like, let's go hang. And I, I think the episode gets interesting here and they don't let it be explored. Where Jill's like, Duncan and David aren't like other men because they're immortal. I, it's almost like Jill's going to spill the beans. Yeah, she's like yeah. very close to doing it until yeah. Mac shows up and ruins it. Yeah. But they're having a moment, and I wish they had let that moment sink in. Yeah, yeah, because Anne's like, what do you mean? They're not like other guys. And then Duncan shows up, and then it gets even more cryptic. Yeah. Where Jill's just basically like, you have to behead David. Yeah, <laughs> right? this escalates fast. It's like, you need yeah. to kill him. And it's like, yeah whoa okay and, and then there's an argument about like calling the police and mac is like do not call the police and and this is this never gets brought up again like and it's, it's like okay well like she at one point has the phone in her hand yeah and mac like takes it from her and hangs it up it's like yeah. what is going on whoa. here this is crazy if yeah. i was Anne, i would like really question mac on this because this is the same episode where he did the oh are you have you ever been married uh bye yeah. <laughs> yeah and it's like his him shielding this like clearly abusive man because he's his friend like bros before hoes is that what this is like, <laughs> oh yeah if i was Anne, i'd be like whoa like mm. but also like him getting arrested I mean, is that is that the 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 uh, what the show always is implying? Like, oh, uh, you know, they got caught by the police. Like, the immortals are going to be ousted. It's oh, I, didn't, ba- I didn't think about. Like, that. I mean, I thought yeah. that's why Duncan doesn't want to call the police. But it's like, arrest this fucking clown for being a stalker. He'll get out soon. He'll he'll get out at some point. Like, he's not going to get a death sentence for all this shit. Like, yeah. he's he probably won't even end up in jail, honestly. Like, but at the moment, take care of this issue. Why not do that? I don't yeah. understand why this is not on the table. Jill, when Max says he's not going to kill him. She manages to slink away. Right. And I guess the idea is that since Mac isn't going to do it, I'm going to do it. Yeah, which is dark. So she goes back to her apartment, and I guess David's David's there. waiting for her. So she goes over, opens the door. The buzz plays for some reason. There's like a buzz sound. There was a buzz sound. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, why is this happening? Uh, But I guess it's just supposed to inform us that... I, she, she knows he's there or for some reason. I thought they were both going to be immortal. That would have been an interesting twist on this episode. Yeah, but I guess it was sort of covered in um, the episode with... Um, yeah. What's the girl? Her I father's name is Greg. But yeah. Craig, yeah. Rite of Passage. Yeah. No, not that one. The other one. <sighs> with the two lovers? Yeah. Where one's abusive and wants to take her to Brazil or whatever. Yes. She's a doctor. Grace. Saving Grace. Saving, Saving Grace. Grace, yeah. oh, Grace under fire. Yeah. Grace under fire. Oh, when when he goes to the sister's door and is like, I know she's here. I thought he knew because he had the buzz. Uh, That's where I thought the episode was going. Anyway. Interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. She somehow realizes he's there and then goes to like the like emergency fire hose and breaks it open and takes the axe out. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is escalating. Yeah, Yeah. she is not playing around. And then she takes a swing at him and misses. 
and she just gets promptly disarmed. Just she's yeah. yeah. So then he's just like walking towards her very menacingly with the axe. Yeah, with an axe. Yeah. I'm like, dude, come uh, on. You know what this looks like, dude. <laughs> oh, baby, I'm, I'm not going to hurt you. I love you. Yeah. He's just so delusional. He keeps on being like, oh, we'll just talk it out and it'll be fine. Which right. is the like only line he says in this whole episode, practically. Yeah. And she like escapes onto the balcony. And so she goes over the ledge. She's holding on and she's like, keep slinking away from him. Mac shows up at this point, right? And he's trying to like talk her back over the ledge. He's seemingly succeeding. He's about to grab her arm. Uh, so anyway, she's about to grab his hand, and then David's like, "I got you, yeah, I got you." <laughs> he like well, freaks her out forward, yeah, and she loses her grip and falls, falls. to her death. Yep, not immortal, yeah. not immortal. Yeah. David's just like also such a fuck that like he has to be the one to save her. Yeah, so like to help her, like Mac can't like touch he can't her. even touch her. Yeah, yeah. So he's a real dick. Like, Max, like, reaction here is still like, all right, David, come on, like, I'll get you out of here. Yeah, I what know, is this? Like, something about it. Yeah, he still seems to be kind of, like, helping his buddy out. Yeah. Like, yeah. like your buddy is a twisted monster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's become something dark. Yeah. <laughs> Very dark. David's, like, crying, freaking out, and at some point he, like, turns on Mac, and he's like, this is what you wanted. Like, you were jealous of me. You've never wanted me to be happy and, like, fall in love and this and that. And then swords come out from nowhere. Yeah, they're, like, in the... They're about to exit the building. They're, like, in the stairwell. Into, and a, a, into a construction site. Yeah, as you do. <laughs> yeah. And he, like, kicks Mac out of the building. And, like, Mac does, like, a flip. Yeah. And his sword is very long. Yeah. A real long sword. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. They we, fight... They fight. We get some coat action. Yeah. The coat kicks the shit out of this guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, it knocks him over. Him yeah. flipping yeah. the coat at him. And he, then he, I have... I panicked. I have, I have a sentence... Before that, he managed to... He draws first blood. That's yeah. right. I, I have a sentence here Rainbow. that says, Cool karate kick into puddle. Parentheses. That sentence sounds less cool than it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was But Mac does, cool. like, a kick, and they, the guy, yeah. like, flips around and... Lands in a puddle. It's and he's like, cool. comes out covered in like muddy water. Yeah, he's <laughs> gray. It's gross. Max seems like really into this fight at one point. Like he's like kind of like yeah, all right. No, at, least, at least one of us was into of this. Yeah. <laughs> so Mac eventually kind of bests David. How do you feel about this fight, just in general? It's okay. It's short. It's very very short. short. Yeah. It's like the coat thing was cool. The kick was cool. <laughs> the coat thing was cool. <laughs> but I don't know. But then it's kind of over, and it, yeah. He's just like then on the ground. Mac throws his sword away, and he's yeah. like, "You better kill me, McCloud, or I'm going to come for you." And McCloud's like, "Well, come for me." And then we never see this character again. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Hopefully, I assume it's because he gets like all the anger management therapy he needs. That's probably this that's guy probably seems it. probably pretty yeah, level headed to do yeah. that. Yeah. It's like I should take charge of my life and like yeah. really fix these issues that are deep rooted. Yeah, David is more or less responsible for this woman's death he is he's straight up he's straight up responsible for her death max okay with this like this guy gets a pass i feel like he's killed other friends for less Maybe he, has. he has he's had yeah. other like obsessive friends that are like unhinged and he's like i gotta kill him yeah it was still an accident though i mean he does kill her but he does he certainly doesn't intend to kill her like he doesn't murder her no no he's responsible for her death but not intentionally his actions put her in a dangerous situation yeah he's he fuck- did not remedy it yeah he, no, by he's leaving an, he's an asshole but like he did not intend to kill her 
Christ. Also, does, is this episode implying that, like, they dropped this thing about, like, him being an indentured servant. Is that supposed to play into all of this? Because that's not explored at all. That, like, he, there's still some aspect of him that views people as property because he was property. Right. So that he wants to, like, possess her in some way. I don't know. I don't know either. You could buy a man for less than a pig. This seems to be a problem with the relationships of men and women on this show in general. Where, like, immortals seem to see women as property. Mm. Except for maybe McLeod. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Sometimes he flirts with it. So, should we talk about the ending of this episode? Have this woman. Um, yeah. So, we cut to the loft. Anne shows up. And Mac is all looking sad by the window. And I guess he's saying how he's, like, regretting not stopping him sooner. Although, it's r- strange that he's having these regrets now. Because he has now set fucking david loose on the world again and not stopped him like what right. he could have like i don't know why i mean yeah, i get also, i get that he regrets not stopping him sooner but i don't know why he then didn't stop him like yeah. also he forgot his jacket <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's probably cold now i really like that jacket this all seems 80 yard once again i have a note of and mac is like oh he, well he wasn't always like that so i mean i'm not sure what version of david we're supposed to see like I don't, I don't know what they were hinting at earlier because in this instance mac is like no he used to be a really good guy I wish we'd actually seen something of that. Yeah, we like, like we only see him being defeated. Yeah, and like he's like a little sympathetic, but also kind of an asshole in that flashback. And then we get this flashback with Sarah that I don't really get anything out of, except for irritated. Yeah. Like it would have been nice to have a flashback where we actually see them be genuine friends, and this guy be a real romantic in a way that isn't a corrosive, a creepy yeah. weirdo. Yeah, like in a way that is charming or that shows something about him that's worthwhile the only good thing we know about this guy is that he's good at carving wood (laughs) (laughs) and actually i don't think we see he does that very well (laughs) yeah yeah like that rocking chair is not hot uh so i have a question here similarly to last episode when we talked about Anne not like calling the police after she was chased down by a car like that seems to disappear at the end of this episode is Anne aware that jill is dead yes what the her her (laughs) relationship with mac it should be over. 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 Yeah. Mac was like, do not call the police. Let me handle this. Now this woman is dead? Like, yeah. this is nuts. The police have to get involved. Yeah. And the it's... fact that he stops her from calling the police is so dark. Like, she must have something to say about that. Yeah, this one to me is even worse than the other one. Right. Like, a woman is dead. And it's like, and she's like, are you okay? The conversation isn't like, you stopped me from calling the police. And now this person's dead. Like... And is probably feeling like I was trying to help this person too, and you stopped me from doing that. Yeah, yeah. and I had the right idea, calling the cops to stop a stalker. Yeah, right. like yeesh. But am I assuming that Anne knows? I mean, she was like, "Oh, are you okay?" Like that's also. I she guess said it was an accident. I yes. guess Anne let Jill leave her apartment. I mean, they were together. Well, I thought she like kind of snuck out. She, she snuck, snuck out, out or when, Anne had to go to work in an hour. Yeah. <laughs> so then, she snuck out when Duncan and Anne were arguing about calling the cops. <laughs> yeah, yep. that's it. So, that's the ticket. Yeah, they, they should be done. How could you continue to see this person? From an outside perspective, and I guess from the, actually in the episode, like he's shielding his buddy who's like a creepy, abusive stalker. And he was about to do it again. After yeah. he even killed Jill, he was like, follow me. We're getting you out of here. Yeah. It's like, not Weird. cool. No. Very strange episode. Yep. Yeah, I don't like it. This episode fucking blows. Like, it's like, <laughs> like even absent all these, like, message confusion, it's just a bad episode. It's just bad. Well, it's, it's a like, wreck. What, 25% filler? Yeah. <laughs> this Cameron it's... Bancroft sucks. David. Oh, yeah. He's, yeah. he's bad. I saw a talk. I saw a talk. 
We'll so, so, work so. it out, Jill. I It'll just be want to okay. talk. Awful. Um, yeah. This this episode doesn't really feature. I don't know. Maybe there's some tension with Mac and Anne fighting about it. Because I was going to say a lot of the conflict doesn't actually exist with the main characters. The conflict exists with the guest stars. Yeah. And there's not a good spin on it to put the conflict with Mac or Anne or, I don't know, or whoever. Like, it's very strange. I don't fucking Thumbs get Thumbs down. Also, Ooh. I apologize if I made it seem like Jill should be, like, humor this guy. I mean, I don't know. I just thought that the way this episode, this episode is written all over the place. Like, we don't know how to feel about David at all. It's like we're not sure yeah. if he's always been an insane person and like this whole deal in the in the Philadelphia flashback like is this unrequited love is he projecting who knows like this episode doesn't give us any sort of clear picture of to what's happening other than David's a maniac. Well I feel like the episode wants you to sort of see him as a friend of Mac but also makes him look like a super nutcase. Well they make him such a nutcase but I think they're also trying to present him somehow as tragic. Yeah. Yeah. Like there which is a weird line. Like if you want him to be tragic, he can't be that loony. He can't be that like obviously deranged yeah. and abusive. Like yeah, any notion of sympathy for him is just dead on arrival. I mean, I, I could have maybe seen this episode like if they made him more nice. Like if he was like instead of like being unhinged all the time, if he was just like forcefully like, I'm so in love with you, like I love you, like I'll do anything. You know what I mean? Like but at least it, that's like something like we can yeah. see that he is lost in his love in some way. But like not lost in like his jealous madness. Yeah. yeah. Like but I feel like he needs that edge for the ending of her dying. I mean that could have been the arc of the episode. It's like where this leads him is what happened on the balcony. Right. He seems like a terrible person from the get go. Yeah. Yeah, because like one of the first things we see him do is beat the shit out of Richie. Yeah. yeah. Which is a national pastime, but still. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Kicks him like a raw dog. <laughs> Do you want to cleanse our palates with like a game or something? Yeah. Game time. So this is the game It's a Kind of Clue. So in It's a Kind of Clue, uh, each of us have been given, are there seven cards in this pile? Mm -hmm. Uh, With a different word on it. And we have got to get the other person to guess the word on the card by giving them clues without using that word. And these are all usually Highlander related in some way. This week, hopefully. (laughs) This week, these are related to David's because of our character, David Keog. What's his name? Kehoe? Kehoe? I think it's Kehoe. Kehoe. Fair enough. Who's going first? I'll read first. first. We have, uh, we got 60 seconds on the clock. Suck it to me, baby. And here we go. Uh, he was one of the, uh, writers on the show. He, um... David Abramowitz? No, um... Uh, oh, goddamn, he wrote, like, the, uh, the... Ah, damn it! Pass. Uh... Um, Great. Uh, comedian. He had a show on Comedy Central. He just came out with two Netflix specials. Uh, Dave Chappelle. Yes. Um, Star Baywatch. Uh, David Hasselhoff. Uh, co-star of Frasier. Oh, what the hell is his name? Also in Hellboy, The Voice. Wet Hot American Summer. I mean, just give me a clue on the, how to say the last name. Um, an animal has this. It's often called, their pelt is sometimes called their skin. Another word for that. Uh, Moving on. All right. Uh, he's Hyde. Ge- yeah. And so the character. David Hyde. And when you stab something, you put a hole in it. It's called a. David Hyde Pierce. There you go. There we go. Uh, general. Uh, Iraq, I think. Afghanistan. What's that? Uh, late night talk show host. Retired. 
Uh, shit. The Late Show. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to think. I'm sucking. This is the worst I've you ever get done. Mail. It's sometimes called. You open it up and there's a blank inside the envelope. Le- oh, David Letterman. <laughs> Jesus, thank you. Uh, Coonskin's cap. Uh, Davy Crockett. Yeah. Hey. That was rough. That was bad. I did very poorly. Uh, so the ones you didn't get were David Petraeus. And I was bad at giving you clues for David Tynan. Oh. Tyne. Yep. I was struggling. Sorry, guys. I should have gotten Dave Petraeus. You could give me clues about how he, like... Betrayed get, us? G- yeah. Or, like, how he used to be the CIA director, or about how he fed oh, his right. girlfriend classified information. That's right. For a book. There were lots of ways that's to go with that. That's right, man. Book. I forgot about that. Bookie, bookie. How'd you do at home, kids? Yeah, better <laughs> than me, I'm sure. All right. So, hopefully, we can do better this time. Keith, are you ready? I am. Ready, baby? Uh, comedian used to star in movies opposite uh, Chris Farley. David Spade. Yeah. Ooh. David Duchovny plays this person. Is this on Californication? No. In X-Files. Fox Mulder. Yeah. Oh. Uh, and what's, what is he? Special Agent Fox Mulder? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, David fights this giant in the Bible. Goliath. There's a famous statue of David by this sculptor. Michelangelo. Uh, it is a arcade in Philadelphia on the waterfront. Dave and Buster's. <laughs> uh, Starman. David Boy. Uh, writer of Seinfeld. David Larry David. Yeah. Boom. Hey, that's pretty good. Well done. That was it's a kind of clue, Keith. I guess. I guess Keith got them on time, and he got seven, and, and I only got seven. five. But at the same time, clues. it's a team effort. It's a, it team, a team effort. effort. It's a team effort. So, any final thoughts on this episode? Fuck it. <laughs> yeah. This is this is, is this the worst? Is this, this the worst is episode the worst we've seen season in season three? Absolutely. Yeah, it might be. This is one of my least favorite episodes of the show. Yeah. yeah. Hands down. You know, I'm actually gonna. I'm gonna say this. So come at me, bro. Worse than bed day in building A. Whoa. Come at me. Well, I don't know if I can argue with that. No, I don't know if I can either. It's, yeah. The reused footage, Ugh. the horrible mixed messaging, that is really disappointing. Like, it's got a few elevating moments. I mean, like that kick. That kick is. <laughs> like that kick into the puddle. The yeah. kick into the mud, it's dope. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like a good gif. You right. know what I mean? Like, it's not. Well, this is what happens when you try to build a whole episode around a kick. In... Somebody came into the writer's room and was like, yeah. have Duncan kick him into a puddle. They're like, great <laughs> idea. Let's build on that. Yeah. And then they end up with this schlock. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, yeah, okay. Let's, okay. So we've got a pit of sadness that someone's in. Let's, uh, let's work with that. Yeah. Cool. What happens before the kick? I don't know. Maybe someone falls. Cool. Why did she fall? <laughs> Oh, maybe somebody was chasing her. I like it. And they just keep, they backward engineered the whole they, thing. They improved this whole thing. <laughs> Let's workshop it a little. Yeah, I hate If somebody episode. knows what else, I mean, I, I will stick by my theory that something terrible happened in this episode. Like, the this script got lost. Like, they or, wrote it in LA, mailed it to Vancouver, and half the pages didn't arrive. And they were like, we gotta do something. This is a disaster. An editorial postman got involved. Yeah. <laughs> Who's going through a rough divorce? Yeah. yeah. Kevin Costner. <laughs> Uh, I used to be Tom Petty. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm just the mayor of this town. All right. Let's rate this episode. Kyle, how many bouquets of flowers would you give this episode? I give it one wilted dead bouquet. <laughs> one. <laughs> one. One. Amen. That is by far the lowest score I've given an episode. Yeah. How many carefully whittled, maybe a bird? 
would you give this episode? At one point, he is carefully whittling a bird. Is it a bird? That's I couldn't true. really tell. I, I don't think I can disagree. I think one bird. I give this. No, actually, you know what? Maybe I'll give it two birds. <laughs> give it the double flip. Two off. flipped birds. <laughs> That's a nice reality show, the Flip the Bird, where they take an old bird and turn it into a new one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They'll just flip it over. Yeah. It's Keith, been flipped. Yeah. Keith, how many restraining orders do you give this episode? <laughs> One's all you needed, I think. Yeah. Keep yeah. David away. Yeah, this is one. This is the worst episode we've seen. Yeah. This season, at least. At least this season. Yeah. Maybe of the show. Yeah. Thus far. It's real bad. I still feel bad about my comments, by the way, about like trying to make, not trying to make this seem justified. <laughs> Just saying that, does, it, do you, does anyone see where I'm coming from, though? Or no? Am I completely off base? Eh. I can I can see it, but I think David's, like, response is so insane yeah. that it, like, I think it cancels your reasoning out that I can understand. Yeah, well, also, oh, no, like, I mean, I still... isn't that it, like, wouldn't suck. It's like, yeah, yeah if this happened to you, it would suck. Like, yeah. getting your heart broken by someone under any circumstances right. sucks. And, like, obviously people have agency and can do what they want, but, like, right. you know, their agency moves your heart broken and you gotta, like, you know... It blows. You just yeah. gotta you gotta deal with it. And you, he is not dealing with it. He's you, being an abusive person. Do you yeah. think they were ever gonna do you think they were engaged prior to this fight? Yes. Okay. I, think, I was gonna say we could also read this as like maybe their relationship wasn't as strong as we thought. Like, I mean we're getting the impression that like said that though. At some point yeah. if they were going in that direction, there should have been some exposition. Well, there should have been a lot of this to clear it up. Because I mean that's another reason. It's like, oh, if they had just been kind of casually seeing each other, maybe this wasn't super serious yet. Oh, you can't have kids. Well, I wanted kids. Moving on. Yeah, like a conversation you have early. Like, oh, we've been yeah. dating for like three months. We are, we're making like we're having conversations about li- big life goals. Right. Then suddenly I I feel like oh that's fine. Like moving on from yeah, that. I just wouldn't tell someone you, about like your that you're like some cosmically mystical being after three months. Unless yeah. he's misreading this whole relationship, yeah. which is another weird layer that maybe exists in this episode. God well, damn he, it! He just seems so crazy. Like part of me was think was wondering like how much of this is in his head. Yeah. We'll never know because yeah. they could. They, that could have been. I mean, I, I feel like there's an element to this episode that could be interesting, like the mind of a stalker or something. Like it's like, do we see it from his point of view? But we don't really like. Yeah. I, like I feel like this episode could have gone full other direction, like and done it completely from his point of view, and like that everything we see might not even be true. Like that this is all what he thinks is going on, and it's like really unhinged. Uh, what he interprets everything as. But I don't think we get that either. Do we? No. no. Not really. God, fuck this episode. It's all Boo. just stupid. All right, well, dumb. next week we're going to be talking about the episode Shadow. Shadow. Who knows? The, the Shadow knows. Alec Baldwin, Russell Mulcahy. That's right. We're just going to talk about the Shadow movie. Let's yeah, do that. I love that movie. Just yeah. have a bonus episode of just yep. that movie. It's a great movie. Is it? Yeah, I think it's a great movie. I really like it. I don't know if it's a great movie. But I'll I say really it's a great like movie. It. Huh? Yeah. All right. I'll it. say it's better than Highlander. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's better than Highlander. Ken Gord. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for joining us. I'm Keith. Hey, this is Kyle. This is Eamon. Bye. 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 He also directed a movie called Blood Fist 4, Die Trying. <laughs> Blood Fist 4. That's when, that's when you get fisted when you're on your period. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> that's a whole genre of uh, 
films that I'm familiar with. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Ziller. <laughs> we might be done. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh.